Hey y'all, it's Dr. MC and we're back for episode six. That happened really fast, I'll say that. Um, and I'm excited about episode six. We have been talking this month about revival. That's our theme, revival. And um, you might have noticed I've slowed down with the episodes a little bit. You know, I wanted to... Um, one, be obedient. Talked about that a lot. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. It would have been a sacrifice to do these weekly. It would have been, it is, excuse me, obedient to do them now twice a month. So, <clears throat> um, you know, and every now and again, I'll do a bonus episode, you know, just to keep things, um, you know, fresh and relevant. But this month talking about revival, if you have been following me on my socials, there's been a lot of really good stuff about how to revive your mind, body, and soul. So <clears throat> if you guys don't follow me, um, be sure to check out my social pages and, um, you know, catch up. So, <laughs> um, but today we are talking about a couple of different things. And so this this episode really is about reviving your righteousness so to speak and that's tricky because like you don't want to be self-righteous right you want to be righteous according to god um and you know sometimes it's difficult to know the difference <laughs> um but again the the subject that i'm going to be talking about is really about righteousness and really about making a choice and being conscious about choosing um, righteousness over your flesh. So uh, this episode also is probably going to um, be one of those, to use some trendy terms, cancel culture kind of things, one of those um, ruffling of the feathers kinds of things, but it's the truth. And sometimes I think one of the things about this month is, um, revival is really, it sounds at the surface level, um, for Christians who have, you know, experienced revival, it sounds exciting. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fancy clothes, a lot of shouting, a lot of great music and a lot of good preaching. Um, but what God has instructed me to talk about during this month is reviving ourselves in areas where we have become complacent, uh, lukewarm and or just have disregarded um, our responsibilities as believers. So it's um, it's really brought up a lot for me. Um, I don't know, y'all share in the comments, send me some emails or whatnot about how, you know, it's been for you all. Um, so anyways, I want to get to it. Um, yeah, I want to ramble. We want to keep the episodes in line with the timing. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and open this up with prayer and then start getting into reviving our righteousness. So. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for another opportunity to talk about you, to examine the ways that wellness and culture meet your son, Jesus. Um, we ask right now that you 
be with us. Um, if there are any, you know, concerns, prayer requests that you answer them, that you give peace to everyone who needs it. Um, God, I ask that you guide me as I share what you've given me to share today. Um, I thank you for helping me to mature. I thank you for helping me to revive my mind, body, and soul in a way that's pleasing to you and for giving me this opportunity, Lord. I really appreciate it. God, I love you. We love you. We honor you. And we ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, revival. Um, reviving your righteousness, to be very specific. So when I was preparing for today's episode, one of the things that God did is he reminded me of the moments where, and there are lots of moments on social media where I am, what's the correct term for it? I study social behavior. There we go. Um, so often when I'm on, um, social media, particularly Instagram, um, I am looking through and I'm going, Hmm, how are people responding to these things? (laughs) And I literally will study the comments. Um, sometimes it's because I'm being messy and I want to see all the gossip and the juiciness and you know, all that stuff. More often than not, though, it's because I really want to see what people are thinking and saying and feeling about the subject. So um, there was a series of days where I was doing that and God um, just kind of, you know, casually said, you know, people hate me. And I was just like, wait a second. That's pretty bold. (laughs) That's pretty harsh. Um, and then I started to think about and recall times that I've heard, um, that being said, particularly, uh, a prophet, uh, came to mind and I was like, oh yeah, that is what's going on. So reviving your righteousness. When thinking about this subject, uh, I want to look at two, two different things. So the first being our own personal behavior. Um, and then the second will be the behavior of others. So with our own personal behavior, uh, for those of us who have professed Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior, we are called to have a renewal of our mind to be born again, um, and to take on the character of Christ. So because of that, It means that we are going to live differently, think differently, um, and behave, you know, um, react differently. So one of the areas, I, I can't just say one, the behavior part and the emotional part Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, all three parts, the behavior, the emotional and the spiritual. So you guys know I talk about the mind, body and the soul. Um, When I talk about the mind, I'm I'm lumping together often. I might say emotions, but I'm lumping together the thoughts um, and all the psychological things that happen 
when and that go into us making a decision to behave a certain way right um and there are physical things that happen and there are spiritual things that also happen and all of those work together to inform our being our living so when again you're thinking about being a born again believer there are certain ways that we are supposed to think certain things that we should um be doing to demonstrate that we are believers of jesus christ um and there is a certain spiritual connection and revival renewal um that should happen um, and should be a constant uh, we should have a an intimacy with god that allows us to um constantly be in a state of dying to our flesh so uh, for those of you that are believers, I'm sure you have heard that term several times, um, even if you're a new believer. Um, and I don't know if you're like me, but if you are, you might wonder, what does that mean? <laughs> I've had a lot of conversations with God about what does this whole dying to your flesh? I don't understand it. I don't get it. What does it mean? So... Um, in studying, you know, that's one of the things that's required for believers to meditate on the word, study the word to show thyself approved. Um, and in doing that, God has revealed to me that dying to your flesh is denying yourself the things that you think, you feel, you believe, you see in the culture around you. Um, and, you know, at a very, um, juvenile, immature, um, primitive <laughs> level, you just feel like you, you deserve it. You need it. Right. Um, you are supposed to take all that and say, nope, I am going to deny that. And I am going to follow whatever God has me doing today. Um, so whatever God wants me to think about today, that's what I'm going to think about. Whatever God wants me to do with those thoughts, I'm going to do that. Um, and whatever intimacy God would like to have with me spiritually, I'm going to have that. Uh, so it's very simplistic, you know, the way that I just describe it, it's a very simplistic way of describing it, but, um, you know, it's for example sake. So bear with me. So in knowing that it means that every day you make the decision. And again, as I'm scrolling through, God is like, yeah, some people hate me. And I'm like, ouch, what? Wait a minute. Um, and again, I, I started reflecting on some of the comments I've heard a particular prophet say, and I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's what it is. So when we make the decision to cling to our flesh, um, there's a scripture that talks about, and I, I'm just so y'all know, I'm not the best at reciting scripture verbatim unless it's in front of me, <laughs> but I got to just, so I know, I know roundabout what it says, roundabout where it is. Um, so, you know, again, bear with me there, but there's a scripture that talks about anyone who holds on to his life or clings to his life will lose it. Anyone who lets it go will, you know, save it. Sounds crazy. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's not for the believer. Um, 
So for those of us who decide to hold on to aspects of our lives, our flesh, our desires, our needs, our thoughts, <laughs> um, the things that quench our soul, so to speak, um, that is the period in which or the action that causes the losing your life. Um, it causes the severing of um, our intimacy with God and it causes us to, it can cause us to hate God. So an example, and of course I got to give a personal example because we transparent in above land and that's what I do, right? One thing that I struggle with a lot, um, and it's hard to admit that I struggle with it because I am a therapist, but emotional regulation, modification, um, I struggle with it. And I, for a long time, held on to this idea and belief that I could hold on to my feelings and it didn't matter how big they were. It didn't matter how they impacted other people. I had every right to hold my feeling and express it in the way that it came out. And so um, when you look at that from a biblical perspective, and y'all can probably tell like, oh, she's struggling right now. <laughs> so it's challenging to be vulnerable in this way. Um, but I know it's liberating. So again, bear with me. When you look at scripture and you look at how God wants you to conduct yourself, um, and anger is one of those emotions that I really, for a long time, love to mismanage. So I, I've gone in the word and looked at anger and there are scriptures, there are lots of scriptures that talk about anger. And one in particular that's standing out to me right now talks about how your anger can lead to death, basically. Um, and so, and, and there's other scriptures that talk about, you know, being angry and losing control of your temper, in essence, makes you a fool. So I have that in the word and I have my desire and my need and my thing of let me hold on to all my feelings as big and bad and ugly as they are and express them at will. Um, and after a while, it becomes a pattern. And once it becomes a pattern, like your brain does this thing where it makes these connections and the connections tell you this is normal behavior. This is what you should do. So then you start to believe that this is acceptable and it's okay. And if you are not getting up every day and saying, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you, <laughs> the flesh, you know, not, it's not a, like a rededication or anything like that, but it is a conscious decision to say, God, your will, not my will. There we go. If you do not do that, then those patterns start to become a pattern of sin that you're living in. And if that becomes a pattern, then what you're doing is you're saying to God, your way your thoughts, your plans aren't good enough. They're not sufficient. I don't like them. I'm going to go this way. And there's a separation that happens. So going back to myself, particularly with anger, 
um, because I felt that it was okay and necessary for me. Um, and, and I want to be, you know, a little deep right now. Um, it's, that has been a trauma response for me because I felt in many situations in my life, childhood and adulthood alike, that I didn't do enough to protect myself. And so I realized that anger was a thing that caused people to back up and, you know, respect me. So I took that on as like a, a safety net or a safety mechanism to keep people away from me. And in my mind, I convinced myself that it was protecting me from harm. So again, I took that and I, I just ran with it um, and would have angry outbursts at will. Um, and there's this roller coaster that happens with it's the outburst and then you have to repair because I don't like hurting people. Uh, I have lots of feelings. So when I see that I've hurt you, even though I might felt really good about it because you hurt me, now I'm sad. <laughs> and no, wait, come back. Don't leave me. Um, because all I was really trying to do was protect myself. And I didn't learn until you know, many failed attempts later, how to adequately and healthily express myself and, and communicate what was going on internally. So I use anger and I'm, I'm, you know, walking around with this shield of anger. Um, and it's driving me further and further again, away from God's plan for my life. Um, God wants me to think on things that are lovely and pure and kind and like, Thought-wise, behavior-wise, God wants me to be gentle. He wants me to be kind. He wants me to be loving. He wants me to be peaceful. So I'm in those moments where I'm choosing anger because it feels good and I feel justified, I'm saying, I don't care about the peace that you want me to embody, God. I don't care about the love that you want me to embody. I don't care that you say in your word, it's easier to catch flies with honey than vinegar, whatever. I don't care that you say in your word that quarreling and bickering is, is wrong and it shouldn't be done, especially amongst other Christians. Uh, I don't care that I'm likened to a fool when I'm angry. All I care about right now is making myself feel better, is doing what I want to do. And there's, um, there's scripture that talks about the flesh is at enmity um, or it's at war. It's an enemy of God. And that, again, highlights that in those moments, I was basically like, God, I, I hate your ways. I, it's, it's hard for me to say I hate you because <laughs> I love God a lot. But my behavior... My decisions in those moments when I was letting anger lead, that was not exhibiting my love for God. It was exhibiting a hate. So, <sighs> should probably let that sit for a little bit. <laughs> when we are in a state of practicing sin and when we are in particular called out. So let me take that story a little further. So when I met my husband in particular, he's been one of the main people to call me out on that and say like, no, that's not okay. You, you can't keep getting away with this. Um, and instead of embracing that and receiving that as like, oh, brother in Christ, you're trying to help me out. <laughs> I attacked even more. 
um, I guess in a perfect world, I would have, oh, well, you know, this is a man that I could see myself marry. So let me turn it around. Right. No. Um, and that actually highlights another point. Maybe I'll do that in another podcast, but you know, we should be living for Christ and Christ alone. Um, because if I had tried to turn that around for my husband, a man, I would have been sorely disappointed because, um, he's human and I would have never been able to keep up with his standards. They would have shifted and adjusted and, you know, according to what's going on in his life. And so it would have been a mess and I would have been bitter and, that's a whole, like I said, a whole nother subject for a whole nother podcast. But to go back, um, as someone who loves me and as someone who cared a lot about me before, you know, we started dating and uh, got married, uh, he was like, I'm concerned about you on a human level. Like, that's not healthy. It's not serving you well. That's that's his phrase. Um, and instead of, again, embracing that. I bucked at it and was like, nah, like I do this to protect myself. Like if you out of line, you going to catch this anger. And to go back to the Instagram comments, there have been several times that I've seen well-meaning believers make a comment about a sinful lifestyle, choice, behavior, whatever and whatnot. And there's this long commentary of people saying, oh, you judging, oh, you Christians. Oh, and I mean, just angry, mad, like big mad, insulting the person, tearing them down, ju- you know, saying you being judgmental, but in, in turn judging them. And that really bothers me. It's, it's unsettling for me. And again, got highlighted. Well, that's because they hate me. So let me get this straight, right? Being in a pattern of sin, you're an enemy of God. Whether you're a born again believer or not, you're an enemy of God because you're choosing sin. You're choosing to be a slave to your sin because that's what it is instead of choosing the freedom of Christ because you want to do what your flesh says and not what God says. So you're an enemy of God. And you get mad at your brother and or sister because they're saying to you, hey, you should stop doing that. God doesn't like it. So you think that you're mad at that person and you're throwing your anger at that person and, you know, it has nothing to do with God, right? Actually, it does. And so For those of us who are in a state where we know what the word of God says, and you could run down a list of a million different behaviors, um, but particularly some of those things that culturally are fun and accepted right now. And people think that you can just say, oh, but I love God and I pray and I'm nice uh, and get away with it. God is not happy with that. You're an enemy of God if you're doing that. Um, things like getting drunk, um, things like feeling that it's cool and cute to cuss somebody out and tell somebody off, um, things like having sex with anyone, anywhere, anytime and not being married. All of those things 
culturally, they're very popular. They're very cute. It's you're going to get a lot of views, a lot of likes. You're going to get a lot of people who relate to you and think, oh, my gosh. Yeah, girl, that's the way to go. Or, yeah, that's what's up. And you think that you can go to church on Sunday <laughs> and pray and cry and, um, you know, give your tithes and offering and God will be OK with it. Right. While there's no judgment, there's no condemnation, excuse me, let me correct that. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's also important for us to remember that the mercy and the grace that God gives us, the freedom, is not to be abused by living out sinful lives day in and day out. That's not how we're supposed to use God's grace and mercy. Um, we are supposed to command our flesh to submit to God's will. So for those of you listening and you're like out, mm -hmm, I don't feel comfortable. I want to turn her off. I don't like her right now. It's the Holy Spirit. And I'm about to hop into point two. <laughs> this one is really going to ruffle feathers, but um. Have a conversation with God. Have a conversation with him about what you can do to humble yourselves, repent, turn from your wicked ways, and seek his face so that he can restore you and revive you back to a place of righteousness. Point two. There are folks around you that have demons that they entertain, demons that they've allowed to um, run and rule them because of sin. Uh, and those demons have an assignment, just like we have an assignment as believers like the kingdom of darkness, they're on assignment too. Um, and those folks have assignments to torment you, to try to meddle and ruin everything that you do, to trigger you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so if we continue to go about and hate people, Whether it's the person who's self-righteous, because I want to tie in point one and point two. Point one, again, being that, you know, we are practicing the lifestyles of sin and feel like it's okay because God is merciful. God is gracious. And when people call us out, we're like, don't judge us. Only God can judge me. But we're an enemy of the Lord's. Um. When those people call us out and they're in error because there is a type of judgment that is wrong for us to, to use. Um, and when they're being self-righteous, when they, you know, have a beam in their eye and they're talking about the second hours and the, that beam could be any matter of things. Maybe they're someone who is always cheating on their spouse. Maybe they are someone who um drink smoke cuss fuss do all the things that you're like well how is that christ-like behavior um 
that person is not your enemy. There's a spirit operating within that person, maybe several, <laughs> that's your enemy. So instead of bickering on social media, Instagram has been my example today, um, and going back and forth about how Christians should do this, Christians should do that, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that. Um, instead of us as believers being annoyed by a sister such and such, not being able to stand that person on their job, being annoyed by the people in their own house, be reminded that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness, principalities, in high places. Again, there's a kingdom of darkness that's operating and they will deploy and dispense any weapons that they think will take you down. And one I think of their favorite weapons is to send a little pet demon into your spouse, your child, your coworker, your bestie, your mother, your father, your auntie, people around you. Um, and to have those folks antagonize you, annoy you, trigger you so that you want to attack them, so that your focus is on them and trying to manage your feelings around them, trying to get them back. And it, then it becomes a vicious cycle, right? Then you start falling into or have a tendency to go back to patterns of sin. Maybe you're keeping record. Maybe you are plotting revenge. Maybe you're bitter. Um, who knows what you use? Maybe you don't externalize it. You're not going to attack them, but you internalize it. And you're gluttonous in some area. You eat too much. You shop too much. You are spending your money on, you know, every business plan, scheme, whatever out there. Um, but nonetheless, you're not going to God to help you with whatever's happening, right? Um, God wants you to realize that the war is not against people. The war isn't even against you. <laughs> For those of you who heard point one and were like, man, I'm the bad guy. I'm the one who needs to be fixed. I'm the one who, you know, is, is out here bad and just really disappointing God. Don't beat yourself up. There's a reason why Jesus said, uh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He wants to take on your stuff for you. He wants you to partner with him in life. He doesn't want you to fix it and then come to him. Like that's not it. Come as you are quite literally every day. <laughs> So the faster you realize that this warfare going on is spiritual, the better prepared you'll be for battle. Um, and the, the battle armor is in Ephesians 6. Let me see if I remember all of the scriptures. It's something through 18. <laughs> Let me check that and make sure that I'm right. Um, like I said, y'all, I gotta, I gotta adjust Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. There we go. Um, that lays out for us the armor that we need to have in order to fight this spiritual battle. Um, 
And it's important again to know that your works. So living a life without sin. Jesus did that. That's it. That's all. So let that go. Um, going to church every Sunday, every Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever your Bible studies are and your extracurricular programs at church. That's great. That does not indicate your intimacy with God. That, that does not indicate your heart <laughs> towards God. That is just you going to a building to fellowship with like-minded people. And if those like-minded people are being led by somebody who doesn't want nothing to do with God, guess what? Y'all operating in the flesh. So what's the point? Um, trying to do things in order to show God that you're worthy and that you're good and that you deserve it is pointless. It's a trick of the enemy and it's a distraction. God wants you to submit and surrender to him. Um, and it can be as simple as saying, listen, God, and I'll speak. I'm going back to my example of anger. Hey, God, I'm having a hard time expressing my anger. I am angry all the time. I don't mind being angry because it protects me and I feel it's okay. And I feel I'm justified in being angry, God, because you allow X, Y, and Z to do one, two, and three things to me. And because you allowed that, I'm mad. Not only am I mad at them and mad at everybody that triggers me to remind me of that stuff, I'm mad at you, God, because you allowed it. Taking that step, the, for me, it allowed me to sit back so that God could say, okay, tell me more. What else is going on with you? I'm sorry that you feel that way. And for years, I've been having conversations like that with God. And the response has always been kind. It's always been gentle. And it's always been loving because that's what I need. So. Stop making excuses. For why you do what you do. For why you just can't seem to give up whatever sin it is. Stop reframing sin as though it's just a natural human tendency and that's okay. It's normal. As a believer, you're not supposed to be normal. You're not supposed to be like everybody else in the world. You're supposed to be set apart. You're an elect group of people. And because of that, the excuses look bad. The patterns look bad. They not only distract you, but they distract others. We all have gifts and those gifts are to be shared. And there are people who need those gifts. So if we're caught up and we're distracted by practices of sin because everybody does it, I need it, I can't help it. We're tripping other people up. Like forget messing up what you could have with God. The intimacy that you develop when you decide that you love God more than that thing that you want to do. Incredible. And God will literally take the desire for that sin out of your mind, your heart, 
I liken it to it'll take the taste out of your mouth. You know how you have a taste for some kind of food and you're just like, oh, I, I need it. I need it. I need it. And then you get on a little diet plan or something and you're like, OK, let me you know, be really strict, be really diligent about it. And then you come off that diet and you're like, I don't even have a taste for that kind of food anymore. That's how God work. If you truly want to give your stuff to him and want him to turn it around. So. Stop being an enemy of God. Stop saying that you hate Christians, that you hate certain people when really you hate the God that created the rules to live by that are actually designed just to protect you and keep you safe and whole. Be real about it. Be honest. Stop attacking people and thinking that they're your enemies. The church ain't your enemy. And I'm one of the number one people like the church that's up here. The church ain't. The people that are believers, the body of Christ, that's the church. They're not the enemy. It's the spiritual wickedness. It's principalities set up, ready to go in charge of territories saying, destroy this, dispense this sin, this disease. That's the enemy. Get clear on that. And then go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. <laughs> Study the armor. Ask God how to wear that armor every day. How to use the armor in partnership with him. So that we can get back to a place where we are reviving the righteousness that God wants to develop in us. And so that we can now stand out and be an example so that people are looking at us and going, man, there's something about them that makes me want to have whatever they have, do whatever they do. Um, and then you have an opportunity to disciple and say, oh, it's God. This is God, the God that I serve. He made me like this. He does this. So that's it. That's all for today. Um, <laughs> next month, there's a new theme. So I will save it for the next episode. But, um, you know, I, again, share this. I would share, 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 share this with somebody. Somebody needs to hear this. Um, you may need to listen to it again. And, you know, be honest about where you're at. Be honest with God. You don't have to be honest with anybody else but God. Um, and know that I am honest with myself when I am preparing for these episodes and when I've already finished them and I'm going through an editing, I'm like, Oof, okay, God, speak to my heart. <laughs> Help me out. Um, because at the end of the day, we're doing this for God. Um, we're doing this because we are part of God's kingdom and we have to start stepping up. I really believe that this month was about revival because next month is going to be about uh, stewarding over things that God has had us had in, in place for us, excuse me. And we just haven't been able to steward them well because we've been caught up in complacency, 
caught up in, you know, the same old, same old, stuck in sin and slaves to it. And God's like, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want you to have to keep dealing with that. You're not in bondage anymore. So again, share this with somebody. Um, if you have questions or comments, prayer requests, you know, email me. Or if you're, uh, you follow my social pages, you can send me a message. And um, again, next month, we're on to a whole new theme. I'm excited about it. And uh, I will catch you guys in the next episode. All right. Take care.